We're in 1 Samuel 19. Uh, we ended chapter 18 with David marrying Michal, who is Saul's second daughter. The oldest daughter, Marab, was promised to David, but she's in love with another man, and she marries Adriel, which doesn't seem to bother David or younger sister, Michal, who David will marry, who loves David. It's good when your bride loves you. That's uh, uh, it's not always the case in arranged marriages and so forth, but uh, I'm glad Lori loves me. But King Saul, he does not want a dowry from David. He doesn't need David's little bit of money or anything like that. But he wants David to slay 100 Philistines and bring him proof of that. David brings proof of 200 Philistines that he has killed for his father-in-law Saul, Israel's enemy. Now you would think King Saul would be more than delighted to have such a noble, valiant warrior, a man of David's character, as a son-in-law. But remember, Saul is troubled by an evil spirit, an evil spirit sent by God himself. And Saul fears David when he should be delighted in David. And we see Saul constantly coming against David to kill him, even though the Lord is with David. And we have a, a beautiful thing that said of David that the Lord is with him, that even his enemies can see God's favor upon David. Your friends, my friends, family, relatives, they can see God's blessing upon our lives. And that's a good witness for us. But let's read 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 6. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak with my father about you, that I may observe what I, what I observe I will tell you. Then Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good towards you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all of Israel. You saw it and rejoice. Why then would you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. These are bold words that Jonathan goes to his dad, the king, and speaks on behalf of David. Because Saul has spread the word 
in his household to his servants, kill David. And it goes without saying, if you killed David as one of Saul's servants, you would be greatly rewarded and you would probably never have to serve or pay taxes and this kind of thing. And But as we go through time here, Saul is greatly troubled and becomes determined to kill David. It's only momentary that uh, Saul says, I will not kill him, for Saul's heart will be troubled and he turns against David. And we see in this passage, as we get into it, the different ways God will protect David. We read of Jonathan, how Jonathan, Saul's son, delights very much in David. And we, we read in the earlier verses how he loved David as he loved his own soul. And David, he has a true and loyal friend right there in Saul's court, and that's Jonathan. This happens to be a friendship that is anointed by God. If you have a truly good friend like David had with Jonathan, you're a blessed person. I'm a lovable, friendly guy. Just ask me. And over the course of my life, I have not had what I would consider many great friends that loved me as they loved their own soul. If you find a friend like that, you've found a real treasure. And some of friendships are brought about by being knit together by God himself for our protection, for our benefit. Good friends come about many times through true respect and appreciation for one another. Jonathan is the one who initiated this bond between himself and David. Let me drop a name on you. Gail Irwin and Ada have become dear friends of Lori and myself. And Gail is a man of God that I have watched over the years and admired. And I attempted to befriend him because I admired this man. Gail is a man who lives what he preaches. And that's so refreshing for any of us to see someone in ministry, because all our examples of ministers is not always a good one. But Gail is a man, he lived what he talked about. And David has his friend Jonathan, his own advocate, right in the inner circle of Saul's family. Saul, uh, or rather Jonathan, will be David's protection. Verse 2, Jonathan finds David and tells him, My father seeks to kill you. So be on your guard, my friend David. And I will speak to my father concerning you and let you know how serious he is about killing you. Now Jonathan runs a real danger here. He's going to speak to dad of the virtues of David. Now, dad has already said, 
kill David. So Jonathan is a, he's in a precarious situation there. And, but he's going to speak forth of good for David. And he says, David has been very good towards you, dad. David risked his life in killing Philistines, your enemies. And remember, when you saw it, you rejoiced how David fought and killed many Philistines. And then he says, why, Dad, would you sin against innocent blood to kill David and you really do not have a cause? Jonathan reasons with Saul. Saul listens to him, at least for momentary uh, amount of time here. And Saul says, okay, I swear as the Lord lives, David shall not be killed. But as we know, that's only temporary in Saul's heart and mind. Scripture tells us that we are to honor our father and our mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. You'll have a long life. But we are not to give once we become our own adult, our own believing person, give blind loyalty to our parents if we see them issuing statements of murder and so forth. In Luke 14, 26, Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, the hate is a comparison there. We're not to literally hate them, but we're to hate them in the way our love is to be towards God. It's a comparison thing. There is a higher call upon my life and your life than to give blind loyalty to parents who are telling us to do evil things. Jonathan and David's wife, Michal, will re respond righteously to their father's commands. They know their dad is troubled by an evil spirit. And they know their dad hates David without a cause. They even know their dad wants to murder David. Jonathan and Michal, they will not be part of their dad's evil schemes and plans for David. Uh, they don't want to see David, an innocent person, being killed. But Saul, he considers his son and his daughter traitors to himself. But that's because Saul is not in his right mind. King Saul... He will have a moment or two of clarity, even in his troubled state where this evil spirit comes upon him. And Jonathan was able to reason with him, at least temporarily. But let's pick up in verses 7 through 10. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in the presence as in times past. And there was war, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in hand, 
And David was playing music with his hand. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with his spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Jonathan will tell David, hey, my dad's had a change of heart and come on back into the household and play your harp and sing your songs like you did before. And David shows a lot of courage to return to this scene that he has to be suspicious of. But David is not stupid, and he watches Saul very closely because this is the third time Saul has tried to kill him. Now, war in Israel is a constant between themselves and the Philistines in this time period. And David goes out to war. He kills many Philistines with what they call a mighty blow. And once again, the Philistines retreat and flee from Israel. By now, the Philistines are well aware of who David is and that he is a mighty man of war and, and he comes against them and kills them. Yet they come back to battle Israel. For with the Philistines, war is a way of life. Today, the Palestinians aggravate Israel until Israel has had enough, and then the Palestine, Pal, <clears throat> Palestinians, they're once more routed when Israel takes up arms against them. And these small wars go on constantly in the West Bank and in the Golan Heights in that area, and Israel's enemies from the time of the Philistines until the time of the Palestinians They're all under the direction of the enemy of God. Satan himself, I think, stirs them up to war against Israel. Now, we looked last week at the difference between darkness and light and how sometimes uh, our friends that are in darkness can't understand us because we walk in the light. And this will not end, this uh, difference until the Lord returns in his glory. Jonathan and Michal, they are being obedient to God. And they're willing to risk their lives by their loyalty and protection of David. David, he's once again in Saul's house and he's playing his harp and he's singing And Saul, who is oppressed by this evil spirit, and he tries once again to kill David. This is the third time he's tried to kill David with the spear that's in his hand. He tries to, as it says, pin David to the wall. But David has learned not to turn his back on Saul. (laughs) And he avoids the spear, and he flees out of Saul's household. But David... To his credit, he still will not lift his hand against King Saul. And the patience of David to to suffer from this man 
and yet he won't raise his hand against them. And David is a mighty man of war. He could have easily killed Saul many times over. But David is protected by God, and God uses his friends, Jonathan, Saul's own son, to protect David. And then we have Michelle, David's new wife, Saul's daughter, and she enters into the picture also. So let's read verses 11 through 18. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him, to kill him in the morning. And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michal let David down through a window, and he went in and fled and escaped. And Michal took an image and laid it in the bed, put a cover of goat's hair on its head, and covered it with clothes. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, <clears throat> there he was in the, the image in the bed with a cover of goat's hair on his head. Then Saul said to Michal, Why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? And Michal answered Saul, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Naoth. Saul, being the great father and family man that he is, will now seek to find David, who has fled from him. David married Michal, Saul's daughter. And remember, Saul was willing to kill his own son, Jonathan, when he made a vow, you know, whoever tastes of any food, I'm going to kill him, you know, that as we chase our enemy. And now he is attempting to make his own daughter a widow by murdering David, her husband. Hear the warning by Michal to David, and that's in verse 11. If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. Saul is, well, he's a despicable character. His own family now sides with David to save David's life. Michal takes a, uh, what we would call a mannequin and she puts a little goat hair on it and puts it in her and David's bed. And Saul's guard come and they see this mannequin and Saul uh, is told David is sick. Verse 15, Saul declares, bring David in his bed to me that I may kill him. But Saul, he discovers David has escaped him again. And this time, it's his own daughter who has helped David. But that's her husband. Saul expects blind loyalty from Michelle. Give up David. Give, give up your husband so that I can murder him. And Michal, she can only say, hey, I had to tell David to flee because 
if I hadn't told him that, he would have killed me, Dad. She's trying to protect herself. And David, he fled to Ramah, and where Samuel the prophet resided. Then Samuel and David went to Naoth, a village in Ramah. And this is where all the, the prophets to be gathered. It appears that Samuel would minister. He kind of had his own seminary going there, how to raise up prophets and so forth. And that's where David escapes to. Have you ever had family differ with you on what is right and wrong? <laughs> I have been told by my own dear Christian mother, Don Hawkins, you can go home now. Because like Michelle and Jonathan, I sided with my stepdad when my own mother would be what I called unreasonable with my stepdad. My stepdad was a good man. He was a good Christian man whom over the years I learned to love and appreciate. And it bothered me that my own mother would be so critical, so unloving to my stepdad. Al, that was my stepdad, he would tolerate, he would take my mother's abusive words. But when I would go visit and I was around them, I could not handle this. <laughs> and and I would say things, and therefore there was tension between my mom and myself. And I would ask her, why do you treat this man who loves you so shamefully? Mind your own business, Don Hawkins. That was my mom's words. <laughs> but before my stepdad died, and he had heart problems for about a year before he died, I got to witness my mother being loving and kind to my stepdad. And after his death, I told my mom, it was good for me to see that you really loved my stepdad or Al. It was good for me because I would probably be bitter towards you if I hadn't seen you give him love in the last days of his life. But I understand, up close and personal, how Michelle or Michal and Jonathan befriended David because Saul has become a tyrant. And he wants to kill David. And David has only been loyal to King Saul. For several years, my mother was bitter towards me that I would side in with my stepdad when I heard her abuse towards him. But God in all his wisdom and knowledge, he has placed Michal and Jonathan, Saul's own children, in the life of David to befriend him and protect him from their own father. It is never wrong to behave and act lovingly for righteousness' sake.
but it's not always easy. To choose to plot against their own dead, King Saul, was an act of righteousness on the part of Michal and Jonathan. And yet, they're Saul's kids. When situations of unrighteousness, even murderous attempts by their dad towards David, they stand up and are David's protection. God has called you and me to be children of light. We're to be lovers of righteousness. Never allow yourself to be part of an evil scheme of unrighteousness, even murder, and even though it may come through family. Jonathan Michelle follow God at the risk of their own lives to protect David, whom they just happened to love. And it was a righteous act on their part. Stand up for what's right. It has its own rewards. And we live in a world where different ministers are even afraid to talk about sin, are afraid to talk about unrighteousness, and it's be all you can be is the message that comes from many pulpits now. But Michelle and Jonathan, at the risk of their own lives, befriended David to protect him because David was a man after God's own heart. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.